This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. And today, we are beginning our series on the artist's way, and we will get started and have a little introduction to that experience in just a moment. But first, I must introduce and welcome my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is a fantasy, Zandra. I um, <laughs> I was reflecting recently because you and I have uh, enacted a weekly gratitude practice where we send each other what we're grateful for once a week over a voice memo. It's something I love to do with friends, especially through voice memo. And we were catching up about what we were up to in our art lives there. And I was, I, meant, I was mentioning to you some of my fine artwork right now. And I was saying like, oh yeah, I got this commission from a friend of mine or you know someone I had worked with before. And he commissioned me to do a movie poster style um, art piece based on The Gunslinger by Stephen King. It's one of his favorite books and it hasn't had a good adaptation yet. So he like fan cast the film that he wanted to happen in his head and he sent me that and he was like make a movie poster for this and I'm you know I've been working on this this huge piece and it's it was so funny to just tell you about it offhand because I had to stop for a moment and be like what is my life like I'm being paid to make this super cool movie poster for a pretend film adaptation by one of my favorite you know by a book with one of my favorite authors and I'm like this is my work this is what I'm doing for money um awesome so my art life is a fantasy and I just I just feel so appreciative of like just what a what a real what a gratifying experience I'm having working on this poster Grace, I am grinning for you. I think this is why that gratitude practice is so valuable is because we just get so caught up with life and then take these moments to just share what's going on and in saying it out loud or like, that is cool. <laughs> what has your process been like for that? Have you been, Has it been different to have this imaginary element because I know you do your other pen and ink drawings that are author portraits for instance as well but is this one any different in getting your your ideas and your vision together it's just such a great question and you know it this is like a whole episode in itself but um to answer your question with brevity the the most valuable part of this experience is that when I did a first draft, I did a first sort of sketch and laid it out on this, you know, huge piece of paper. Um, I got started on it with the intention to make it a finished piece. And then I realized that I was really copying the style of other movie posters. I was trying to look like old Indiana Jones posters. And I realized it didn't feel good. I was like, there are elements of this look that I'm going for that I can bring into 
this piece while maintaining my own aesthetic and my own style. So I ended up completely redoing the piece and I felt so much relief as soon as I started really making it with my style. And it was like, I felt anxious working on it when I was trying to copy someone else's style. As soon as I, as I, as I joined the concept of the film poster with my own creative style, my own fine art style, I just suddenly really enjoyed the process. So it has been different just because I tried to um, replicate something that isn't me and then didn't enjoy it until I allowed it to be Grace Gordon making a movie poster. Uh, So I'm really excited to share it with him because, you know, it's like he hired me because he wants me to do it. He, he, He didn't hire the person who did Indiana Jones posters. <laughs> so um, he chose you. Been, right. He chose me. And so that's been the most valuable experience was like actually having to restart completely and like lose the hours of work I had done, but feeling so much better about it when I was making the piece as myself. Wow. What an amazing lesson. It was a great lesson. And it's so artist's way. So, Zandra, how is your art life? You just finished the artist's way, right? I did. Yeah, I finished it yesterday, and I'm breaking my silence on it today. But actually, She's breaking her silence. <laughs> but actually, what I was going to say is that my art life is is quiet, ironically, with breaking my silence. But something that has been reiterated for me in going through this book is how valuable it is to do busy work like household chores or going for a walk. And Julia Cameron calls these artist brain activities. And I realized that I am always, my instinct is, my temptation is to like turn on an episode of Gossip Girl while I'm folding the laundry and be in that world while I'm folding my laundry. But actually, even though it's more uncomfortable at first, it is way better to fold the laundry in quiet and give my brain a rest and let my my thoughts form, let my let my imagination have a chance to wander off while I'm doing some a busy work task that I don't have to think about. So I've been really challenging myself to do that because it is a challenge and I just feel so much more at peace. That is such a good point. And I'm so glad that we're starting this discussion with you pointing that out because I think we're all so flooded with whether it's our phone notifications or this need to constantly have the TV on, um, to be texting, to, you know, to, to fill up our, our brain space with podcasts, you know, with, uh, audiobooks, we don't have a lot of silence in our lives. And that is so much the philosophy of the artist's way is you have to have room for ideas You have to have room to let creative inspiration come in or let the divine flow through you. And she, right, she loves, you know, the morning pages and walking. And um, yeah, it's a good reminder that we have to create the space for those things through silence. I think what's 
really interesting and kind of a relief about reading The Artist's Way is that it was published in the mid-90s. And so there's no mention of the updated technology references that pervade our our conversations today about text messages and social media and being online even. These are topical references that are not in the book, but reading the book is a reminder that those kind of distractions have always been available for humankind. There's always been some version of that. And even though it feels heightened in today's world, and perhaps it is, there has always been a newspaper to busy yourself in, you know, since the printing press. But um, so it's just been a really like a time travely kind of reminder that we can't blame distraction on the present day. There has always been distraction. And this is a skill that all artists have had to and will have to develop is navigating that. Right. And these intentions that we have to contend with, um, they're not new. The distract or the distractions we have to contend with are not new. The intentions we have to set for ourselves and the practices that keep us grounded, while they might be more necessary than ever, they've always been necessary. Um, I think I've told you before, but I don't think I've shared the story on the podcast. My favorite story about this is like, When I was in eighth grade, my first history class, it was a new school and a new teacher, and our first class, he he read us this passage. This is a, you know, his introduction to to these new students. He reads us this passage as soon as he walks through the door. It says something like, kids these days are so disrespectful. They don't respect their parents. Like, they talk back. They don't know anything about manners. And then he says, this was from an ancient Sumerian tablet discovered by archaeologists. And it blew my mind. That blew my mind. And I think about it still all the time. So, yeah, what you're saying is spot on. It's like the artist's way was written and and blew up in popularity before we had social media, before we had podcasts and streaming. But we're kind of always dealing with the same things. As human beings, we're always contending with the same anxieties and the same distractions that just manifest in different ways. So it's a great reminder that this book is for everyone and it's for any time. That's why it's stood the test of time. It is still popular today. So it it kind of was this, I think you used the word mythology alongside the artist's way in our trailer. And it's like, yeah. Um, Because for me, I kept hearing about it mainly because since the age of 11, I set a New Year's resolution to write in my journal every day. And I I did it because I was a very um, precocious child, as Julia Cameron would say. And as I would tell people about my journaling practice, the response I kept getting was, oh yeah, morning pages. 
oh, you're doing morning pages. And I'm like, what are morning pages? So that's how I discovered Julia Cameron was through this concept of morning pages and writing three longhand pages every morning. And people kept telling me what I was already doing was similar to the artist's way. So I think at first I was annoyed. I'm like, no, this is my thing. <laughs> this is original. <laughs> um, but I, I let go of that. And I've just heard so many of my friends and I've just heard so many of my friends who've gone through the course and have this like reverence that they speak about it and had such great results from it, including you, Grace. And I realized as we started recording this podcast, The Art Life, um, so much of our values align with the artist's way. So I have just completed it for the first time um, now and you have gone through it several times. So I would love to hear about your experience each time. I love the fact that you brought up how you first heard about it because I have not talked about that on the show. Um, so I first heard about The Artist's Way in 2013. I was working at a, a indie bookshop in Philly, Big Blue Marble Books, shout out to the home the home turf um and i was reading an article about the actress jenna fisher who played pam on the office i was at work and i was reading this article about her and about her journey as an actor how many years she uh she struggled in hollywood and was you know broke and uh, kind of creatively blocked and didn't have the right community and just, you know, wanted so badly to thrive. And in this interview, she mentioned how helpful the artist's way was. And I turned to my coworker and I think we were discussing the article or I, I mentioned it to him. And he he said, oh, the artist's way. I love the artist's way. Um, hey, you know, have you done it? Do you know of it? And he was also a great fiction writer and still is. Um, so he was so excited to ta tell me about the artist's way. And it was that year that I then got the book and I started it and completed it. Um, I first did it on my own. So I did the whole 12 weeks on my own. And by the end of the book, I wrote and produced and starred in my first short film. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I now know it absolutely came from the positive experience I got from doing The Artist's Way. You know, while I was an actor and in a class and um, loved working at the bookshop, I had a lot of creative blocks around really pursuing my dream, around really going after what I wanted, and a lot of insecurity and comparison. Um, so even though I called myself an actor, like, I wasn't really acting. I wasn't really creating when I started the book. And by the end of it, I was like on a set for another film in New York and that's where I met this actor who inspired me to write this short film and then I went back to New York and got a team together and we you know shot this this short and it was an amazing experience. Um I was 18 at the time and like 
you know, at the, the back then it felt like I just have to do this thing, you know, it's time to do this. Now I'm like, I was so young and I did that on my own. What the heck? Like I hired all of these professional film people to do this with me, like, and paid them. Uh, I'm so proud of young me, but yeah, it's just, it's, I, part of the reason I love the artist way and, and want to tell people about it all the time is that, um, while it celebrates the process over product mindset, as we do here on our show, you can expect results. You can expect real uh, movement forward. I um, The second time I had a, a deep experience with the artist way was actually doing Julia Cameron's workshop in Arizona. Uh, she had like a three-day workshop in Sedona. And I went with my mom and my sister and stepdad. And I don't believe that my mom or stepdad actually did the workshop. They just stayed at the retreat with us. But my sister and I did the workshop together. And I remember with her, she was just um, completing or she had just graduated Oberlin a year or two before. And she was an artist herself. Uh, performance artist and so when she heard of the artist's way and she had looked at the introduction before she said to me she's like I don't need this she's like I don't like I I could write this book I don't need it I'm already an artist and then we did the workshop with Julia Cameron and my sister was like crying and she said I feel like there's poison like leaking out of me wow she's like I feel like these years of like shame and anxiety and insecurity around being an artist, around people's um, judgments and projections. She's like, it's all coming out. And so that was fascinating because I already knew this. I had this positive experience with her work. Um, but it was cool to see someone else who was an artist go, well, I don't really need this. And then to have this like transformative experience with what Julia Cameron has to teach. And my favorite part of that experience, Sandra, was that I remember going into the room on the first day and there were maybe 50 people there and that most of them were in their 40s to 50s. Um, there were a lot of like middle-aged, settled down women. Uh, there were some men too, but I remember my first reaction was to think, I don't have anything in common with these people. You know, I was like 20 and my sister and I were like rough and tumble East Coast punk artists. She's not a punk, but you know what I mean? Like we're, you know, we're like hardcore. And uh, I walked into this room and I, you know, I thought like, I'm not gonna have anything in common with these people. And it wasn't any judgment against them. It was just like, it was just like, well, what am I, who am I going to talk to? What am I going to have to share with these people who are in very different um, periods of their lives? And the most transformative aspect of that moment, of that workshop for me, was realizing how much I had in common with all of them, was connecting deeply with anyone I spoke to, whether it was uh, through the exercises we did or the talks after the day of work was done, or even um, a 12-step meeting that Julia Cameron facilitated at the workshop. It was the first time she had ever done that, and some people, including myself, went and went to this 12-step meeting that she hosted. So th that was incredible, too, because it was just starting with depth, you know, meeting all these strangers and starting with depth. And I was so grateful after that experience to realize 
how much I have in common with anyone and how much I have to learn from anyone and that you got to let go of those preconceived notions. So that was fantastic. The last time that I did the book was uh, uh, 2017, I believe, or late 2016. I facilitated an artist's wake group with the Inside Acting podcast. Uh, It was a podcast that I had been listening to since like 2012. They had a very strong community of actors and filmmakers, people across the entertainment industry. So I had built this this online relationship with the people who ran the show, the hosts and team. And um, I never met any of them. I lived in Philly still. But they knew I was a reader and I had, you know, developed these sort of social media friendships with them. And uh, Trevor, one of the hosts, he said that he he had just finished The Artist's Way or or maybe he was about to start it. Whatever the story was, he really wanted to talk about the book. And full circle, the hosts had just interviewed Jenna Fisher. So Jenna Fisher, this actress from The Office, she did a four-part amazing interview on Inside Acting, one that I still reference to this day, and she too talked about The Artist's Way there. So upon listening to that and talking with their host, Trevor, um, he asked me, will you host an Artist's Way group? He's like, would you want to host one through the podcast? So I facilitated through their online forum an Artist's Way group for Inside Acting community members. And that was absolutely incredible. It deepened some friendships um, with people at the time online who then became some good friends in LA because, for example, one of the members of the Artist's Way group was Katra Parkman, who I live with now in Los Angeles. I knew Katra from the Inside Acting Forum months and months before ever even living in this city so through inside acting and through the artist's way group i met many friends who i'm still close with in in los angeles and um and uh by the way moved i moved in the in the process of facilitating this this group i ended up moving to los angeles so i that's that's my you know brief but deep experience with the artist way so far it's i wanted to to start with that because i want people to know that like it really has changed my life that it's been a through line in my creative career um and that it's you know i'm a i'm a convert i'm a veteran i'm a whatever you want to call it i'm a believer in it because it it has results for me um i i am like to say that i'm a process over product person and i am and our show is and julia cameron is but i think that it's certainly motivating to know that there are results that come out of doing this book so that is where we're starting right it's this is this is how much this book has impacted me and this is why i want to share it with our listeners oh my gosh i have so many more questions and i can't wait to unpack more of these experiences that you have had with journeying through the artist's way in the weeks to come. And I'm so glad that we have so many weeks ahead of us to continue this conversation because 
There is so much to say, and this really shouldn't be rushed. So the one thing that I do want to pick out from your story is your sister's preconceptions of what this program could be and her results. That really landed with me because I felt similarly a little bit. I was kind of like, I feel like I am... I'm living my dream. I'm a full-time artist. People keep telling me that this experience is transformational. Transformational. How much more can I transform? And um, I was just surprised by having a similar experience to your sister where I think as, as artists today, we have to be so hard all the time. Like we have to have a really thick skin to navigate the the world that we live in and to you know plant the flag of I'm going to do my art and this book really gave me the courage to be okay to soften and from that place of pampering myself and taking care of myself I can really be closer to the creative things that I want to make and and feel okay in that. So even though like on on paper in my job description, that's in alignment with what I want to be doing, doing the artist's way has shifted my perspective from like saying that I'm doing it to like really, really living all corners of of what I'm dreaming about. And this is just talking from finishing it yesterday. So I'm excited in the, the weeks to come to point out things in my how is your art life that relates directly back to going through this experience. Yeah, it's a great point that from either direction, people can have resistance to this book, right? It can be people who are full-time artists already who go, well, I'm already an artist, so why would I need that? Or it can be the other direction. It can be entrepreneurs um, or, you know, like I said in the trailer, it can be entrepreneurs or lawyers or housewives. It can be anyone who goes, well, I'm not an artist, so this isn't for me. And the reality is the book is about creativity. The book is about unblocking creativity and bringing more play and joy and passion into your life. And that absolutely applies with everyone. Grace, what advice do you have for someone who is getting started? The advice that I would have is protect the time, like set aside and protect the time that you are going to commit to this 12-week process. You know, we're, we're recording this basically week zero episode so that people have the next week to go through week one and then we'll discuss it on the eighth. But we also want to make sure people listen to this and, and really commit to 12 weeks, three months, and the time that they're going to put into it and, and um, commit to themselves. So... The morning pages are, you know, they take about 30 minutes to go through. And a weekly artist date is the one that I really uh, 
had resistance towards because I'm already a journaler just like you. So that one was a little easier for me to enact. And by the way, I mean, it's uh, 2021 when this is coming out and I'm still doing my morning pages every day since 2013. So, um, So that one was easier for me to do because I was already a journaler. The artist date I had a lot more resistance to, especially as an extrovert. I uh, I like to do things with people. I like to have my social life and my playtime be with others. So I had a lot of trouble, a lot of resistance, I should say, to putting two hours in a week to just do, taking myself out on a date, to just playing and doing something creative um, for me and not for anyone else. So I would say my biggest piece of advice is really commit the time and know that it's an act of self-love. It's an act of love for your art, for yourself, for your career, for your spiritual life, um, for your self-care. Uh, but you get out what you put in. Like with anything, you get out what you put in. So if you want to do this and get the results and have this amazing transformative experience, you need to like protect the time and really give yourself that gift and if it helps motivate you putting in the time with this book is productive (laughs) it it does pay off in other areas of life as we've already discussed it absolutely does and i like to remind myself that like or i like to um when i have a new practice when i have a new challenge i like to make it fun i like to find ways to to look forward to it. So if you're, let's say you're not a morning person or you have a rigid schedule, so you're going to have to wake up a half hour earlier in order to do morning pages, find a way to, to enjoy that. Buy yourself some fancy coffee, set up your light box. If like me, you have seasonal affective disorder and you need like the the sun lamp in the winter months, um, you know, put on, I like to put on really beautiful music, opera or something new when I write my pages in the morning so that I have that to look forward to while I do them. Maybe, you know, get a fancy new notebook or a beautiful pen. Um, Find ways to make it not just like a sacred protected time, but something that feels really beautiful. Since you mentioned notebooks, one of my favorite topics, I do recommend getting a lovely notebook for your morning pages. And I also, some of you may remember, I just spontaneously felt drawn to purchase a composition notebook to celebrate our year in the art life and mentioned this on that episode. And it is a decomposition book, which I remember, Grace, you were writing your morning pages in when we were in Boston together. And I ended up using this notebook as my artist's way diary. So not for my morning pages because I have a separate little hardcover moleskin situation for that. But I use this to record the tasks and my artist dates and do the check-ins, all of the writing assignments that were part of the book and my note-taking is all in this decomposition book. So now I have this artifact of my experience that I will be paging back through for 
years to come, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I, I do think, you know, getting a special notebook for this experience is a good idea. Something that feels pretty or exciting, but more than anything, so that you can do exactly what you just mentioned, so that you can leaf through it um, in years to come to to remember the experience that you had. Uh the, you know, the other thing I was going to say is just that it's not about spending money. Um, so if you are overwhelmed by the artist date idea because you're like, I don't have the money to go take myself out on a date. I don't have the money to whatever it is, buy some fancy thing or go visit some place. Um, it's really not about the money. Go to the dollar store and like buy some glitter glue and stickers and just like have your artist date be that, you know, be covering your notebook in a collage and glitter glue. Uh, I, I, I always want to remind myself and other people that it's not about some extravagant um, money drop. It's about play. And often it's really just the time, not the, the purchases that make it count. Some of my most memorable artist dates have been free or and or in my home for um you know restriction reasons at this time in the world but also just being tired or being on my period and really just craving an artist date at home that has been really wonderful to orchestrate for myself and to prove to myself that I'm not missing out on anything going on outside my door for a uh, with a ticket price attached. I can create that experience in my own home. And from a practical budgeting perspective, I would recommend setting yourself an artist's way budget. This is what I did because for the first couple of artist dates, um, there's a lot of language in the book that is like, treat yourself buy yourself something new and i was like okay it's for the it's for the artist's way like it's my homework and um i do enjoy that indulgence encouragement as long as it is within my means so whatever that number is for you i recommend just knowing it up front and then one of the most indulgent treats i got myself was like a little tiny piece of chocolate that was less than a pound but it just felt so special because I I treated myself and like that that could have been it didn't have to be expensive it just needed to be a little bit more or a little bit you know it's hard to describe it because it'll be so individual yeah that's a phenomenal idea and you're so great with keeping a budget that I'm so glad you bring this up now. Um, and people will will discover as they go through the book that the ideas around money and around what we spend on ourselves versus overspend sometimes um, as a means of distraction, all of that comes up a ton in the book. And it's something to look forward to, really. But don't let that be something that, you know, stops you from um, – from t- experiencing this this journey and also don't let it be something that affects you negatively yeah don't use it as an excuse to like splurge and then have regrets because it's not about the dollars spent it's about 
the the sacred time for you. It was really valuable looking back to notice those moments when I reacted to what I was reading in the book as like, oh, but I can't do that for whatever reason. And realizing that the creative solutions or breakthroughs that I had to that kind of resistance were the most memorable parts of the process. So it's like you were saying, Grace, about it's what you put in. If I had just said, I can't do that and skipped it, I wouldn't have had those breakthroughs. So it is um, a matter of trusting that this collaboration between you, your artist, and the artist's way itself is what makes the magic in the universe, the spirit. (laughs) Well, I can say that I am probably most looking forward to in in rereading the introduction, I realized that I'm most looking forward to um, reporting back on my weekly artist dates, since that's the part of the book that I struggle most with. I'm looking forward to the accountability of having weekly episodes where I have to tell all of you about what I did, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about other people's artist dates. I'm really excited for that. Zandra, what are you looking forward to? I really hope. People send us postcards and letters as they go along. This is such a like handwritten return to analog. So that's what came to mind for me is that I hope we hear from people in that way. And I'm excited to keep going because I do really well with homework assignments. And I, I'm very good about keeping up with the reading and doing the homework, the tasks. But the harder part for me is to just like keep living my artist's way art life and to give myself the space that I brought up at the beginning of the show to um, let my creativity breathe. And so uh, I am looking forward to welcoming in more voices and for opening up about my experience while holding myself accountable to keep up this lifestyle. Well, you heard it, everyone. Zandra wants to get postcards. So (laughs) you will see in our episode show notes and at the end of this episode as well, we have a P.O. box and you should send us your weekly reports on your artist dates via postcard, please. Budget for stamps. (laughs) Budget for stamps. Grace, what is the art life? The art life is breaking our silence. (laughs) That is what this book is all about for me. And I can't wait to hear from others. Zandra, what is the art life? The art life is giddy. I can't remember the last time I've been like so happy on an episode just talking about this experience and getting excited to share about it. And it really, really did bring me happiness and joy. So the art life is giddy. I feel really excited too. I'm so excited. This is going to be such a good way to start the year. I need it, to be honest. I mean, gosh, what a tough year 2020 was. I'm so excited to focus on playfulness and creativity and letting our inner child, you know, make things. So it's going to be such a good experience. It is absolutely giddy. I can't wait. 
I have to say, I was really nervous to come on and do this episode today because I've been anticipating it for so long. Pretty much as soon as I started The Artist's Way 12 weeks ago, I I was like, we have to cover this on the show in some way. So I've been anticipating this particular episode and was like, okay, I have to say all the things and do it justice. But actually just, I'm excited and I think, I think that's enough. It is totally enough. That's the point. <laughs> and I think we're going to just discover so much by doing this week by week and by welcoming people to join us that this is like week zero, ground zero for getting started. And we don't know what's ahead. Besides that, it's going to be good for all of us. There's a lot to discover and a lot to look forward to. And there will be surprises that come up. So that's that in itself is enough to to get giddy and excited. Should we get back to our new tradition, which we have neglected the past few weeks of episodes? Um, Zandra, we had enacted a new tradition on our show where we weekly read a review from a listener as a means of getting their answer to our question, what is the art life? I realize we haven't done this in a little while because we've been full up on interviews. Um, Do we have a listener review that we can read? We absolutely do. And tradition is an apt word because it is in the title. This review from our friend Lori Kim is titled, This Podcast Has Become a Tradition for Me. She says, I look forward to every other Friday when new episodes of The Art Life post. While I listen, I do daily chores I would otherwise rush through distracted. The deliberately gentle pace of this podcast and the host's frequent reframing of thoughts to be forgiving to the self, calmer, more reflective, and inclusive, have brought noticeably greater steadiness to my life. There are many reasons to listen to podcasts, but this is the only one in my rotation that regularly leaves me feeling like I have taken true me time. What synchronicity here! (laughs) What synchronicity because it's it's a perfect way to start. It's a perfect philosophy and review to start the artist's way with. But also because Lori herself recently sent me a tweet saying that she is joining us for the artist's way. Yay. And she just did morning pages for the first time today as the, the day that we're recording. She just had her first experience doing morning pages. So I'm so glad that we read her review of the show. Yeah. And that she's joining us and that – there's more of this type of thing coming where it's like listeners reviewing the show and talking about their experience with it while also joining us with the artist's way. Perfect synchronicity. Ah, This always happens when we read these reviews. I love it. And that's why we do it because we always like to have somebody else's voice besides our own on these shows, whether it's through an interview or through our campfire episodes. And these reader reviews are among our favorite ways of including your voices on the show. So please leave us a review in the Apple podcast. I keep changing the name of, of what that is, but the Apple place where podcasts live. Yeah, leave us a review on the podcast app and we will read it out on the show. Um, Apple Podcasts is where we log reviews because it helps boost our visibility as well. So you're helping us 
and uh, we'll get your voice on the show too. Um, and until then, Zandra, we've talked a little bit today about the fact that you yourself are already a full-time artist, um, but uh, we haven't talked a lot about what it is that you do. So where can people find your art? I am a writer and as I introduce myself, the protagonist of Heroin Training, my website, heroinetraining.com, because that is where I chronicle my story chapter by chapter through essays, poems, whatever art form I feel like creating in. And so you can go and read my stories there on heroinetraining.com. And what keeps my work afloat and ad-free is the offerings that I have on my Patreon as part of that. So I have my Everyday Wonderland community, which is for finding wonder where you already are in one-minute calls to adventure each week. I have a print edition where I send printout versions of my essays in the post. I have audiobooks of me reading my essays, and that's all available on my Patreon, patreon.com slash heroin training. Grace, we heard a little bit about your fine art today. Where can people find your art in general? So I... Uh, yeah, I do all sorts of things. I call myself an actress and activist, but it is just becoming a multi-hyphenate lifestyle for me. Um, so uh, the best place to follow what I'm up to day to day is just by following me on Instagram, which is Grace Gordon Official, because that's where I'm most active in terms of my daily life and my like life on set and making fine art and working as a model. But if you don't like Instagram, I totally understand. And another place to check me out would be through Sugarmint Gallery. Uh, Sugarmint is a local art gallery in Pasadena here in California. And they have a bunch of my fine art prints for sale right now. And they will still have them for sale as uh, this episode comes out. So um, I'll have a link to that in the show notes of this episode. But I'm really excited that I get to share my art through a local gallery that they get to make money and stay open because gosh has it been a tough time for small businesses this year so if you want to check out some of my stephen king themed art um that is actually at sugarmint gallery and available for purchase or viewing so i'll have a link to their website in this week's episode wonderful well everyone i think that's it for today we'll be back next time with week one of The Artist's Way. And until then, from my side of the world, I wish you all a good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you a good night. Bye! This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online and subscribe to our newsletter at theartlife.show. And send letters to The Art Life, Care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.